I'm Thomas Gideon, and this is the audio diary of a peculiar character. In it, I share thoughts about food, drink, beer, travel, music, and life in general in five-minute segments. You can read more at the companion site of A Peculiar Character at peculiarcharacter.com. Earlier today, I went up to Maryland Homebrew. This is only the third time that I've gone up there, and I only started going there very recently. Before that, I bought a lot of the needfuls for brewing online. It's certainly convenient, the selection's good, and you often can get one-offs like specialty malts, interesting varieties of hops that maybe aren't as available in a retail location. On the other hand, I have to say my local homebrew store kicks ass. It is enormous. Their malt room is phenomenal and has everything that I'm used to looking for in the online stores. And I'm pretty sure if I asked for a specialty malt they don't carry, they could custom order it for me. Also today, I asked them if they sell bulk bags. I bought, maybe about a year ago, a 55-pound sack of a base malt that I use in quite a few recipes. And it turns out that they do. And I had a nice chat with the clerk about the cost efficiency of doing so. I used to go to a homebrew store in college when I started brewing, and while the staff there wasn't particularly friendly, I was able to ask questions, and it was a a useful experience when I was kind of exploring and first starting to understand what it was to brew. I guess the advantage that I find in going back to a homebrew store in person rather than online now is definitely I'm looking for particular expertise and consultation. There's another advantage. I was reading John Millett's book, Malt, and he recommends to everybody that he teaches that you actually chew the malt that makes up your grain bill. I think I might have talked about this before in a brewing update, but this is a store where I had the experience with a clerk on my first visit where I asked if it was okay if I could just taste some samples in the malt room. The clerk said, sure, go ahead. Not only that, he said he remembered a radio program with a brewer who said that they would take 100 malted grain kernels in rough proportion, or, well, actually, <laughs> by percentage basis on an exact proportion to the recipe that they were making, and chew on that to really get a sense of what the finished beer was going to taste like. I took them up on the invitation, and I have to say I really found the feedback useful and enjoyed the experience of, of sampling the malt before I actually bought the full lot for the beer that I was going to make. That's a brown ale that's in the fermenter now that I, as I'm recording this, will probably bottle in the next couple of days. Maryland Homebrew also offers classes. It looks like some free, some paid. I might check that out at some point as well because I have recently attended uh, my first class. This was one during DC's Craft Beer Week housed at Boundary Road downtown on off flavors and was a really interesting experience. Not only informed my palate to detect things that might be problematic in beer that I could correct as a home brewer, but I found the person who conducted the class did a really good job, too, of pointing out the kinds of things in the brewing process that could help with that. I could definitely see getting a lot of value and a lot of enjoyment out of going to those kinds of classes at my local homebrew store as well. To be fair, the online store that I use the most is Northern Brewer, and it is spectacular. If you're not fortunate enough to have a homebrew store in your uh, local area uh, and you are a home brewer, you can't really go wrong with Northern Brewer. You get a very similar experience that you would get in a local brew shop uh, with their online staff. I ordered a 
specialty variety of hop, uh, Whitbread Golding, and it turns out that nobody's growing it, or at least they're not growing in sufficient quantities to export anymore. It's a UK hop, and they reached out very promptly, and we had a good back and forth trying to figure out what would make sense in terms of a substitution. I had a similar experience at Maryland Homebrew as well. I went in with a particular yeast strain in mind. Now, there are really only two labs that produce uh, yeast at the homebrew scale. And uh, the one that I had targeted based on my brewing uh, calculation software was not the brand carried at the store. But the staff there were very helpful in steering me towards something based on some, again, back and forth understanding what recipe I was trying to make towards a suitable substitute. And I guess that's the value is that, that, that deep knowledge, that conversation, if you're not sure and you want to kind of sense things out. And in this instance, uh, Maryland homebrew is just huge. They have literally everything, wine, distilled spirits, even, uh, mead making, beer making, you name it. It's fantastic. And I, if you're in the DC area, I highly encourage you to check it out. And if not, I encourage you, if you haven't already, to check out your local homebrew shop. They also often offer support for other kinds of crafts that might be interesting, like, say, cheese making. I would like to thank the Internet Archive for media hosting and bandwidth. The views expressed on this program are my own and where applicable those of my guests and in no way reflect those of my employer or anyone else. This show is produced from 100% recycled bits. Except where noted, permission to recycle those further is granted under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States License. That means you're free to change this show as much as you like as long as you don't alter credits and you share your changes under the same license. Theme music is Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.